0: Man, 2020 has been a sports season unlike any other. That's why you need a sports book unlike any other. My bookie. Get some skin in the game where odds, boosts, lightning deals and free bets await you all season long. These are the sizzle that go with the stake of having a reliable place to put a little bit of money down, or maybe a lot of money down, on your favorite sport. My bookie. Turkey Day's coming. There is no better time to feast on your NFL college football action. Whether you're a first-time customer or if you've been playing with My bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in their thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and more. Sign up today for the first time or get reloaded. Find your edge and make some money. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local casino. The best part is my bookie never closes, and there's no smoke getting in your eyes. Make the right place, sign up today, and when you do, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put 200 bucks in, they'll match it with $100 of their own so if you're planning to bet this coming fall guess what you're already ahead of the game it's winning season at my bookie so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it today on the zabe cast the nba supermax was supposed to help the small markets but if anything it's probably done the opposite andy poland joins me we take a loving look back at radio and ask, what happened all that plus no needle no airfare a looming 2021 conundrum your high test not street legal 30 minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded so buckle up and let's go here we go Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. Thank you for downloading. You can always reach me at zabe at yahoo.com. I know. I'm still holding on to a Yahoo email address. I just don't like how Gmail does it, and I never have. And uh, I'm like, I'm sticking with Yahoo. It's my pretty much one email to reach me at, and I do check it every day. And I try to respond to everybody uh, as much as I can, but uh, appreciate the feedback. This one... I love getting these emails from Jeff Dahl in Williamsburg, Virginia. Dear Zade, I grew up in the Nova area, that'd be Northern Virginia, and enjoyed listening to you. When I was stationed in South Louisiana, I found your show on Fox Sports Radio. When they shifted to Stephen A. Smith, I wrote my first ever letter to a radio station telling them they made a huge mistake. Fast forward, I found your show when I was stationed in Green Bay and had a 60-mile commute to Sturgeon Bay in Door County, and it made my commute at least reasonable. I was born in South Dakota and raised a Vikings fan, forced to live in Green Bay. It was a great place to live as long as I never told anyone who I rooted for. I bought my son a a Vikings sweatshirt that he insisted to wear to preschool where 40% of the kids were Packer kids. When I picked him up, his sweatshirt was turned inside out. It was during the NFL lockdown when I first moved to Green Bay and I decided to play pickup basketball at the YMCA. I ended up matched up with a guy who was about two inches shorter than me, but built like a brick shithouse. After the game, the guy told me, hey man, you matched up pretty well against me. Who was it? John Kuhn. Now living back in Virginia with my wife will ask me why I listen to a Packer station in the morning, you. It's that I love the podcast and the truth that you drop. Long story short, thank you for keeping things real. Keep telling the truth. I also enjoy the golf stories. Sincerely, Jeff Dahl in Williamsburg, Virginia. I appreciate that. I would prefer if I could say one thing is to hedge telling the truth. I don't know what is truth. Truth is, you know... (laughs) Truth is subject to argument and debate. I tell it like I believe it, always. And if I change my mind on something I believe, I'll let you know. Like my stance on Alex Smith. I don't stay stuck on stupid, as I like to say, for more than a hot minute. Here's another email. This is from my friend Robert Licari, my number one chowd from Boston, who is at Zabe Vegas 2018 and he writes the following science in the topic science he says good morning mr zaben listening to your washington show every day i noticed that when you and the guys especially Sali, sally refer to something regarding the coronavirus you say the word science and you punch it up and it reminds me of a song By Thomas Dolby, of the same theme, She Blinded Me With Science. In the music video, a confused Thomas Dolby visits the home for deranged scientists to work out his problems. He is interviewed by the real English professor and noted scientific expert, Dr. Magnus Pyle. The only thing Dr. Pyle says in the video is... She blinded me with science. Or just the word science! By the way, this song bangs. It, this could be my banger of the day on the game. They'll hate me for it. Science. <laughs> yeah. Synthesizer. Anyhow, After the music video received heavy play on MTV, after all this was 82, guess what happened? I missed it. Dr. Pyle became famous outside of the scientific community. He later regretted his notoriety, claiming that every day on the street, some young person would see him and yell, Science! And walk away! Dr. Pyle died in 1992, but his video performance lives on into eternity. Anyhow, please take it slow on your precious voice, Mr. Zabin, as I am one of the many thousands of people who want you to keep that voice, which you do have some control over, and your job, which you, of course, have little control over. Thank you. I did not know that story. That's a good one, my man, Mr. Macari. Science. <laughs> he became Dr. Magnus Pyle. All he did was yell, science! <laughs> All right, let's talk sports. Our man Andy Poland is in the house. Once upon a time, this song was so well known and so synonymous with late night television it's only appropriate that as faded and as hokey as it may be now perhaps that's where our business andy poland is headed good old radio terrestrial radio once upon a time this was like oh shit johnny carson's on this is gonna be great and now it's like (laughs) What is that song? Oh, yeah. That was the old uh, Tonight Show song.
1: Yeah. Uh, know, more
0: Johnny changes. Walked
1: he walked away on his own terms and uh, and was able to do it his way. If you're making the comparison to radio, it's not that way. They're throwing people out. I know. And right. People I know. have been on for a long time. It's a totally different uh, scenario than what uh, we're talking
0: about here. I know. I told the listeners about uh, Scott, who had been there at 980 for 27 years. He was kind of employee number two on air with you You when you started the station?
1: Uh, I'll tell you the, his story is, is very interesting and it's, it's very encouraging for anybody who wants to work hard enough to get an opportunity. Uh, he was working at the Cheesecake Factory as a waiter and he would get off late, you know, restaurant would close 12, 1 o'clock and he would listen to the overnight show and he got to the point where he got up enough courage to start bringing them food, leftover food or food that he could actually, I think, even buy at the Cheesecake Factory and deliver it. And one thing led to another, and uh, somebody moved up or left or something, and he got an opportunity to be the producer of the overnight show. And he did that and was good at that and was good at everything else he tried, was willing to do anything. Uh, and, uh, has managed to stay for 27 years by, well, you know, better than anybody being that guy,
0: you know, he was assistant PD at the station and would spend hours and hours managing schedules and calling affiliates of our play by play properties, Virginia tech football, Maryland basketball, and all this other stuff. In addition to doing on air updates, being a wingman to me on the radio show and more did that. With nary a peep, yeah. but yeah, the problem he is he did it for four administrations ago and three ownership groups ago. So as long as stations keep getting flipped and sold to other people, the new people don't give a shit about all that.
1: Right? right. They should. Yes, yes.
0: They should yes. because they should. They should come in and go. All right, we just acquired nine eighty. Let's talk to some people and find out who is really valued here. But they don't even do that anymore, do they?
1: No, they just look at the bottom line. The bean right. counters have taken over, and uh, and that's,
0: I know. that's the way it works. So I just got done today on a Monday doing a solo show with me and Solly. And look, I like Solly. Uh, he's a weird bird, but I love that about him. <laughs> was never intended to be a number two voice, and he essentially is now uh, for the three hours in the afternoon. And all I could think about was, man, when it was you – me and a third guest on the sports reporters, and we had a full time producer. We might have even had a phone screener at one point. I can't remember if we had a second guy behind the glass. Do you remember if we ever did?
1: Uh I think at one point we did have two producers. I think when we started we called them the Marx brothers. Mark <laughs> Stern was one of them, and uh Mark um Oh what's his Mark name? Weber. Mark Weber, yes. right? Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that, yeah. like, it reminds me of back, uh, remember, you know, airplanes used to have like a third pilot in the back behind the two <laughs> pilots up front that was running the yeah. engineering for the airplane. Things get watered down and they get less and less. But I just think back to those days and say, man, doing afternoons was a breeze. And by the way, you and I did two hours. That's it. Remember? Yes. Two because, hours. Five you, to seven. You
1: know, you know the reason why,
0: don't you? Tony Kornheiser.
1: No, it was John Thompson yeah. who uh, yeah, who, who was was told. Are you sure? He was, yeah, he was told when he was hired by Bennett Zier that the 4 o'clock hour is the most important radio. We could have easily backed him up two hours and because uh, I think we had like a network show or something. And we could have done 4 to 7, which I always wanted to do. But Thompson said, nope, they told me 4 to 5 was the most important, so I'm not leaving that.
0: Wow. Didn't uh did yeah, hours. I know. Uh, didn't coach get he had two hours, right? Two to four. Yeah. And uh and was frequently two late. To fi- two to, to five Three to five. I think three to, yeah, five. Think three to five. Oh you're yeah, right. Three to so. five, not two to four, yeah. Yeah. And noon to three was smoking Al Coken and Doc Walker, right?
1: No, I thought they worked with Thompson. And see see the way I remember it was oh, I think they we were carrying God. like Dan Patrick or, or some, you know, some network show.
0: We need, I need to spend Thanksgiving break going, trying to go back and and remembering the, the year by year of the lineup at the station. But anyway, and then in the two hour show from five to seven, uh, we had Kornizer for one call in segment. So that took a chunk away. That was a fucking breeze. That job (laughs) was back then. Well, you know, now now I've got a labor to have an opinion on whether John fucking wall should be traded or not as a wizard. You know my take on that? Fuck him. Trade him if you can. Look at the contract. Good luck.
1: Exactly. You gotta trade him for an equal contract. Yeah. And it's that's the restful.
0: end and that's the end of my take. And that took all of seven seconds, Andy. That leaves me with just forty four minutes and fifty three seconds left to fucking slap my gums together.
1: See this this is what people don't understand who don't do radio. That you have this big blank canvas, and most radio shows are four hours. You know, usually you have a co-host or some other people involved, and sure. but some people do four hours alone. So you can't just have the take that you just had on John Wall. You can have that in terms of total content,
0: but <laughs> yes.
1: but but guys like Mike Francesa in the later years would begin to repeat that take over and over and over again I to know. fill out the time. And uh, and that's that's the that's the art of it, I guess.
0: And I mean, you could t- if you're in certain cities like Philadelphia is very heavy caller centric sports talk radio, right? And they'll march them through one at a time, one at a time. The hosts don't have to have any organized set pieces. They don't really work through big complicated monologues. It's boom, crack the mic. Eagles lost. What's wrong, Carson Wentz? Quick taker two. Uh, let's go to Ed in Norristown. Your first up.
1: Right. Right. Well, the fan, you know, the fan, excuse me, fan format for years is the host comes on, gives a monologue, gives his take on four or five different teams, and then the phones are open and you can call about anything.
0: So yeah, that's,
1: you know, they the targeted caller segments that we did and i've I've pretty much done throughout the years i've done talk radio it really doesn't exist there you know one caller wants to follow up a call on the mets on the nets or some nonsense like that you can do it you can talk about the devils if you want to i mean it's crazy
0: and then the one wild the biggest wild card for for our business which is i don't want to say it's dying but it has seen better days is the pandemic if the pandemic permanently Andy disrupts excuse my voice if it permanently disrupts commuting as a concept that's big trouble because sports radio doesn't get listened to inside of homes or offices for the most part for mm-hmm. the most no. part
1: no it's car it's car listening you're right and uh, and that's what that's what helped make these guys big stars in big cities because you're stuck in traffic Right. And And you were the one
0: guy to listen to that had some spice and some verve and some takes on Phil Sims and his recent slump. So you listened to them on the radio and everyone listened because there is no Internet. There is no blogs. There is no social media. Where else? ESPN was not even in the opinion business at all, except for half an hour on Sunday mornings with the sports reporters. No relation. In which mm-hmm. they offered timid little opinions. No hot takes either on that 30 minutes of the sports reporters produced by Valerio Productions. <laughs> it was just a little dollop of opinion. And then PTI with Tony and Mike and mm-hmm. around the horn. And then it was off to the races where it's all opinion now on ESPN.
1: Yeah, but the, I mean, talk radio set the stage for that because, you know, Tony and Mike started in 2001. Mike and the Mad Dog began in 1989, so they had a decade jump on them. And I don't think they modeled their show after that, but their success doing talk radio, where they would butt heads. Now, well, sometimes they would agree, right? And 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 often they would like go up the bat handle. You know, one guy would give one take, and the other guy would give another, and they were having the same opinion, but they were just adding on to the, you know, the total pile of that opinion. Right. right. And and it worked well. I mean, they they really you know, had great chemistry. They didn't like each other for long periods of time. They didn't speak a word to each other off the air for a couple of years. <laughs> right. But, but they were they were killing it. I mean, they, 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 they became rich and famous uh, doing radio.
0: Now, it should be noted that sports radio in every city is not necessarily struggling. In particular, it's pretty bad in our city in D.C. because, and this is a point somebody else made to me, Dan Snyder has done more damage to sports radio in this town for one simple fact. The football team hasn't been shit in 20 years. Right. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think sports radio goes as the NFL team in that city goes.
1: No question. New York is a little bit different in that it's a baseball town.
0: Correct. And,
1: and the Yankees drive the bus uh, pretty much, the Mets To some extent, but yeah, the NFL is king. It certainly is in Philadelphia. I mean, even like when the Phillies were winning World Series, Eagles matter. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's not so much like you can if you throw in a stinker of a season, it's okay. Like New England radio, Boston area, it's probably doing fine with the Patriots having a down year. Sure. But if you consistently do it, your fan base is just worn down and oh, yeah. it's, it's hard to care. It's hard to get, a, get enough of a, an opinion up that it really matters.
0: Right, because the NFL, as we've talked about, is the best episodic reality show ever created. No every question. week, something new crops up. There's new drama. There's twists and turns. There's injuries, as we saw this last week. We'll get to that in a second. And it is accessible to the casual fan because it requires how much commitment every week, Andy? Three hours. Three hours on a Sunday when you're ready to sit on the couch anyway.
1: And that's why I've always felt that NFL did so well in Washington because it's white-collar. People don't work 40 hours a week here. They work 60 or 70 hours a week, and that three-hour window on Sunday fits in perfectly. You can't stay up every night and watch a baseball game or basketball or hockey, but football just works.
0: So Dan Snyder has slaughtered the D.C. market in general, even though you're like, wait a minute, didn't the Caps win a Stanley Cup? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I need to tell you the sliver of fans that are <laughs> hardcore hockey fans and want to hear about penalty kill shifts and power play opportunities? It's not much, and then of course, the Nats won the World Series, but it was sort of a kamikaze run, which you were not really expecting it after a bunch of years of disappointment so and we're not quite the baseball town yet. not only other cities you, are
1: you never you never got the uh, the afterglow. Because the pandemic shut things down pretty quickly after they won. I mean, they they wrapped it up at the end of October, and just as
0: you're about to, get there is get no all... spring victory lap. Yeah, the right. like the spring yeah. victory lap of let's do it again, which they would not have.
1: No, uh, it but, never but, happened. But, but yeah, but the feel would've... good
0: of it. Opening yeah. day the following year, which is important for champions, never happened.
1: Right. So. Nobody raised the banner. There's a lot of things that didn't didn't happen.
0: Yeah, but there's that, and then I'm telling you this name thing, Andy is crushing interest in the team. Mm, I don't know. You don't believe it. I'm telling you. It's a stupid thing. The number of people, casual fans, that scoff when they see football team on the screen, it's not small. A lot of people laugh at it. We're the butt of the league's jokes. I have a hard time getting into this team. By the way, wouldn't it be funny if the Woofskins won the title? the NFC East, <laughs> do you think they've got a shot, by the way, in this 3-7 and seven clusterfuck that's going on right now?
1: No, because I think the Giants are playing well. I think the Giants will probably win the division. And the Cowboys, by the way, have been yeah. very good the last couple of weeks. They they had a chance to beat Pittsburgh, and they beat Minnesota yesterday. True. So, uh, yeah, I, I think right now they're the third-best team in the division.
0: Okay. Uh, don't, don't you like this Woof team that is a nice team that plays pretty good and hard? And has Alex Smith playing decent football right now? That you know, against the appropriate opponents, can win games. Yeah, appropriate opponents. When when
1: <laughs> when you when you knock out the starting quarterback and, and, and the backup comes in, and he looks and like shits he just the off. <laughs> yeah, looks like he just left the senior prom to play quarterback. Yeah, they they look oh against God, those yeah.
0: guys. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff Driscoll was so bad. It's like, bro, do you even play? Quarterback, was it yeah. Jeff Triscoll? Am I getting that right? The backup, the guy, the
1: guy yesterday for Cincinnati.
0: Yes, no, oh, Ryan, yeah. Finley. Ryan Finley, Ryan not Finley, not Jeff Triscoll. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he 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 looked. You know, he's, he's sitting there holding the ball, holding the ball, holding the ball, and Ryan <laughs> Kerrigan, who they let play like two plays a game, goes, "Oh, good, <laughs> I'll sack, sack him."
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was three for ten for thirty yards and got sacked four times. Four times in 10, well, 14 dropbacks. Absolutely embarrassed. Turned the wrong way. It was so clear. And, I mean, when I was watching Burrow, Andy, I was like, God damn, this kid's smooth. This kid is good. He's big. He's got an arm. He had all day to throw, too. But he made little moves. He made Mm. step-up moves. He made side sashay moves. And now he's hurt. And I got a question for you. No matter all the NFL does to protect their million-dollar Billion dollar assets, these quarterbacks, because it is a TV show about quarterbacks trademark. That's my expression. Um, they can't, they still can't protect them. Drew Brees has All 11 right. broken ribs. 11. Right. They can't protect them. What is the league going to do in a quarterback centric world when they can't protect their own guys?
1: I don't know, but the, how long have we been talking about this? Tom Brady's knee went out in 2008, right? Yeah. And they made some rule changes since then but yeah i mean if 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 you can tackle the quarterback then they're going to get it plus the the running quarterback is here to stay for a while these the the, the i'd say
0: the the nimble quarterback a so running quarterback run. implies design runs downfield ala lamar jackson
1: okay but but you've got to be able to run and and very you know you, you can be an old salt like Breeze and Brady and, and get by on your brains and Alex Smith is doing that to a large degree because he's got one leg, but mm-hmm. uh, but you, you have to be able to run and if you run you're going to get hit so I I don't see it getting any better
0: but and, but Burrow and, was not running he was standing I know, and he got I know, hit and, and he went down.
1: And that's and that's what happens. That the quarterbacks go down. Teddy Bridgewater got hurt in practice. You know, it it just happens.
0: Nothing yeah. you can do. Yeah. As Al Davis once said, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard in the exactly. first five minutes of the game. Yep. All right. Um I, I think the uh, I think the woofed is a little frisky. I'm kind of uh, by the way, I'm a Smithsonian now, as I've called myself, which is somebody who believes Alex Smith deserves the right to start until it's taken away from. him, And I'm not opposed to him coming back next year at a reduced salary as the starter and having the coaching staff tell whoever they draft. Here's the guy you got to beat. No complaining. Would you yeah, be in I- favor of Alex Smith coming back next year at a reduced price?
1: Yeah, I, I actually was talking about this with Bram today on the air. That I, I think that I wouldn't have said that two weeks ago. Neither would I. If you if you listen to the other players, and by the way, I have an unbelievable man crush on Terry McLaurin. Of course. Do you, Do you listen to what he says in these news conferences?
0: He's sharp.
1: He's smart. It's not as he's sharp. He's actually listening to the question and he is he is giving you a thoughtful response yeah. to almost everything that's asked. That guy's going places. I mean he, he's he's no, not
0: he's, gonna go to the He's great. Yeah. I, he just he, needs a quality trigger man, no offense to right. Alex. And a and a and a good tight end or another good WR two to take heat away from him. That's all right.
1: Right, the, but the the running game seem you know I like this kid Antonio Gibson, and and the way it works now with running backs is you know you use them up you dispose them you don't you don't, <laughs> you know you, you don't re up them so you know? harsh.
0: <laughs> but you're, well, you're yeah. not wrong. It's harsh. But yeah, you're wrong. I mean, poor, poor
1: Alfred Morris came in the league exactly the wrong time. And because he was a six-round pick, yep. never really made any money. No. Nope. But w- was productive for three years and yeah. still still bouncing around. Yeah,
0: know? he is still bouncing around. So, yeah, on the McLaurin front, I don't know what it is. About, I mean, I know what it is about him, but it's he shines in his movements in a way that even a layperson can spot it. In other words, his quickness out of breaks, his precision running routes, and what really makes – me hard as a football fan is his hand catching of everything. He doesn't let it get into his body. He will snatch it with his hands. Like on the deep post he caught Sunday, as soon as Alex went back to throw it. And as soon as the camera panned left and I saw it was McLaurin, I came out of my chair. No lie because I knew he was going to make the catch. The DB was draped all over him. He high Mm -hmm. points the ball, hand catches the son of a bitch, and comes down with it, never a doubt. And I said, five finger, chef's kiss on that one.
1: Yeah, well, I'm giving like 30% credit to his on-field ability, which is great. Oh, and the the off-field
0: software is great. He yeah. is mature beyond his years, which is what I thought of Robert, and Robert was a complete tool bag.
1: No, but but there there, there, was, there were signs of phoniness with Robert, even when things were good. There, to me, I know. No, there's, I know. there's no Nothing sign with, no, of phony oh, no. with
0: this kid. No, I Nothing. agree. No, he, this kid is the real deal. And uh, again, I want the team to be good. I want a really good trigger man so he can fully shine. I'm afraid he could be the Bradley Beal of the football team here in town. <laughs> Speaking of which, can I go back and get your opinion on John Wall's now pissiness that he was mentioned in a trade rumor for Michael Westbrook? Michael Westbrook? Ah, listen to me, Russell, uh, Russell. yeah, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: okay. but yeah, if, if that's it, uh, you know that that's odd. I think it's I think it's deeper than that. I think he sees the clear handwriting on the wall that he's coming back. No pun intended. He's coming back to a team that's not his team anymore. This is this is Bradley I mean, what,
0: what is this? My team your team. He's coming off what 18 months of mm. microfracture surgery to his knee and he's already going to be limited to less than 40 minutes a game says the GM. What no the back fuck to backs? Yeah, right. What do you what do you want a fucking poster that says this is John Wall's team? What does that huh? mean? It's not he, my team anymore. You can't he, play as much as you once did. It'll be a miracle if you're at 90% your effectiveness before. All right, all right. What what got, is it? He's got a
1: contract which, you know, says he's the guy and he yeah. and he he was the guy before Beal got here and Beal was was content it seemed to be the secondary player but, you know, since then and and Beal kind of surprised everybody by signing that extension. Like maybe when Wall was hurt he was thinking, well, that guy'll be gone by the time I get back. And he's still here and it's Beal's team and he's not happy about that. So if they can make the Westbrook trade, I'd make it in a second, but I don't think Houston's going to do it straight up. They want a pick. They want a number one pick, and I don't think that's going to happen.
0: The thought of us having to send a fresh pick to take the garbage out of a bad contract. I'm not saying John Wall's garbage. I'm saying the contract is garbage. The Mm -hmm. the thought of that is sickening beyond belief. And here we are as we're getting ready to start this next NBA season with (laughs) – With Wall Unhappy, and where's Ted? Where's the great Ted Leonsis? How come he can't manage his star players better? Or his coaches in hockey? Or anything?
1: Yeah, because he's one of those guys who tells you he's figured everything out. (laughs) And <laughs> he hasn't. He not
0: figured out who to pay and who not to pay. He hasn't figured out how to massage and assuage the massive egos of guys making forty three million dollars a year. That's John Wall's number right now. I think. Right. It well, is right I,
1: now. I I remember dinner with him where he was explaining to us how the league was going to have a lockout but they were going to come back with a salary cap, but they were going to grandfather in players, which made him in a great position because we have Jaromir Yager, and Yager is going to be grandfathered in. So while all these other teams are going to be hamstrung with salary caps, we won't be with him. Well, how did that work out? Not too good.
0: Uh, I apologize. John Wall is only due to make $41 million this year. Mm -hmm. He will, however – by the time this Supermax deal is up, make $47 million <laughs> in 2022-23. Guaranteed money. You cannot stop that money from coming to him by hook or by crook, by incapacity or being drunk off his feet like Vin Baker once upon a time was. Holy shit. Yeah. Supermax. And, and yet and, and yet, it's and the, not... the cap's going down. Yeah, the, cap's, go ahead.
1: the seller cap's going down, too. Right.
0: And and as that's happening, the uh the concept of the Supermax, which was let's give the small market teams that drafted great players a chance to keep them, is also not working because Anthony Davis already sidestepped it and got out of New Orleans, and Giannis appears about ready to do the same in Milwaukee.
1: Yeah. Well, what what they said when they made these these the deal was uh, the contract was, well, it's too much money to walk away from. Yeah,
0: no, it's not. No, we're fighting. <laughs> uh, 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 James Harden uh, turned down $103 million over two.
1: Yeah, yeah. Could, could you imagine that?
0: It's almost like the more money the players are given, the easier it is for them to throw away $5 million off of a $45 million offer because mm-hmm. it's so far in the realm of Monopoly money, it no longer seems real.
1: Yeah, and not only that, there there is such fear of leaving the league without a title as if, you know, like (laughs) Charles Barkley's walking around with a tin cup asking people to help help defray the cost of his his life. You know, it it happens.
0: Oh God, it is so stupid. Hey, uh, let me ask you about this fighting Reese Davis's non (laughs) with Northwestern and ESPN. I'm going to set it up here for people. I talked about it on my radio shows, but I didn't get to it on the podcast yesterday. So apparently on Tuesday of last week on the ESPN college football playoff preview show, which by the way, tonight on this Tuesday is the first rankings of the college football playoff. Mm -hmm. uh, Reese Davis, capable, nice, quality, good looking, middle-aged white man voice, asks Joey Galloway, former NFL player, former Buckeye, What he thought of Northwestern, here's what he had to say. How would that impact the way you looked at
1: Northwestern as it pertains to a shot at a playoff spot? I've been watching Northwestern play, and and honestly, I mean, they got a bunch of Reese Davises out there running around.
0: Okay, let me stop right there. What in the hell does that even mean?
1: Uh, It probably means I'm a former professional athlete, and you're not. (laughs) And so, But he
0: said Northwestern has. A bunch right. of you out there isn't that a shot at their talent level
1: yeah it is and uh and, but is and it accurate
0: actually, i don't think it's no! Accurate, no, do no no they're division one players,
1: yeah yeah I mean Pat fitzgerald's a good coach they they and they've they've been to the Rose Bowl in the past i mean they they can they can hit it right sometimes and uh I, I heard they just spent a lot of money on their football facility oh Oh, and, uh, Google,
0: Google, if you can, Andy, the Northwestern football facility, it is on yeah. the edge of Lake Michigan. The campus yeah. is a few blocks inland in Chicago there, but the, the facility sits on this bluff overlooking Lake Michigan. It will take your breath away. you're like, Whoa, that's Northwestern's. Uh, but here's the thing. I, I sense a little bit of, yeah, average white guy overachiever sort of vibe from mm-hmm. Joey Galloway. I don't think he was overtly racist, and I'm not making a big deal of it, but sort of like it, he said, I've been watching Northwestern. Well, then tell me something about him. And then he makes a trite joke that's not even funny. Yeah.
1: This passes
0: yeah, for commentary these days.
1: Right. He probably hasn't been watching No, exactly. And in fact, no. the way you looked at Northwestern as it pertains to a shot at a playoff spot. I've been watching Northwestern play, and, and honestly, I mean, they got a bunch of Reese Davises out there running around.
0: A bunch of Reese so, yeah, we are so of- at practice, Northwestern's, you know, social media team mic'd up the players and they all started running what with Davis, Davis. I hope they don't cut that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Morning, Reese. Coach Reese. Oh my God, Reese Davis with the catch. <laughs> my name is Riley Reese Davis. Not bad for a bunch of Reese Davis. All I see is a bunch of Reese Davis. Head coach Reese Davis. <laughs> Woo! That's Reese Davis one,
0: Reese Davis two problem really is, too, what I hate, what I hate is Reese Davis is a great guy. Yeah. He's a great guy. Nice catch, Reese. Way to go. Because I'm looking at a bunch of bad Reese Davis. And there you go, right there. They shoved mm. it up Wisconsin's tailpipe. And uh, mm. I don't know. It just. That's the best analysis we get a bunch of Reese Davis's. They were pissed off, though. Apparently, bulletin board material is still real.
1: It's it's real if it works. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> it if, works. If, you, if you win the game, you say, ho oh, oh, what they said fired us up. If you lose, yeah. it doesn't really matter.
0: What did you make of, at the pro level, Tennessee and Baltimore getting snippy over a logo issue at midfield?
1: Right. I, I, thought, I thought the other Harbaugh was the one who would get a desire up about that kind of stuff. You know, I I didn't expect John Harbaugh to do that, and uh, and what happened? They got run over, didn't they?
0: Uh they did. They were winning late, but then uh, they couldn't they couldn't get the MVP from last year to help them win the game. They had to settle for a field goal late, then lost in overtime.
1: Yeah, and and Lamar Jackson has been has been saying some ridiculous things lately, like has you he? know. Yeah, he said they wanted it more than we did. Oh, boy. Uh he uh he remember he said uh two weeks ago he said they knew all of our plays when we came to the line of scrimmage. I did he's, see that, uh, yeah. He, he's uh yeah, he's he's a little bit loose lip there, I
0: think. All right, real quick before we're done today, the history of Thanksgiving uh NFL football on Thanksgiving. And another edition of Cowboys Redskins on Thanksgiving. Yes. Most of the country doesn't give a shit, but it's a cool tradition for us. Of course, it's the first year of Woofed versus the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. When did it? When did it start? And why did it start on Thanksgiving football?
1: It was It was Detroit that came up with the idea. They decided that they would play the Packers.
0: 1960, Am I thinking? No, nah, no. Nah,
1: Detroit's further back, probably the thirties. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe as early as the 30s. And they started playing the Packers every year, and Lombardi eventually complained because, you know, <laughs> why do we have to go to Detroit every Thanksgiving? That doesn't seem right. So they started rotating. And then the NFL said, in I think this was 66, okay, let's do a doubleheader. Who's interested in hosting a game? And the Cowboys, who were always in front of everything, Tech Schramm was really smart about this stuff, said, we'll do it. We'll do it. And so Dallas became the second game. And it always worked out great for them because towards the end of the season they would always have a nice lead in the division they win the Thanksgiving game at home and then they have ten days off to rest up for the stretch run and the playoffs and, uh, and then teams started looking around and, hey how come Dallas gets the host every year and uh, that's the way it's gone now now Washington and Dallas it's it's a great rivalry or at least supposed to be yeah but but the Cowboys have owned this you know only they've, they've played nine times. And Washington's won only once in the the entire nine times they played on Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, that's not a good trend right there. Do you think it's going to hold, by the way?
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think Dallas is playing better. You know, aside from the the RG3 performance in 2012, it's been misery. I mean, Clint Longley, you name it, uh, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong in these games. So I think it
0: continues. All right, very good. Andy, a pleasure as always, my friend. Yours in radio, and we will talk next week. Very good, Zay. Thanks. See you, bud. All right, we'll end on this today. Qantas Airline to mandate COVID-19 vaccine for international flights. This is going to be interesting as vaccines get rolled out for COVID-19 and how basically if you say, well, the government can't make me take no vaccine. And by the way, I I don't want to take a vaccine for COVID-19. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but that's what I'll get smeared as, you know. Because instead of en- engaging somebody with a debate on the merits, they'll just label you. Oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. Not at all. In fact, you know, I have a daughter with autism, and I have been through the ringer with people, including celebrities like Jenny McCarthy, who are convinced that vac- vaccines cause autism. And I have done a good amount of the reading, and I have heard from people, and I've seen more doctors than you care to see, and. I just don't believe that. So I'm not an anti-vaxxer. However, I am certainly against rushing to take a vaccine that has been rushed out in such a limited fashion for a disease that is proving now as the cases continue to multiply across the globe. And that's all the media is focusing on is the cases. The deaths are not following commensurate to the rise in cases. So what is that doing? That keeps melting down and melting down and melting down the actual lethality, the actual case fatality rate of this thing. And when it's all said and done a year from now, I'll bet you anything, it's a tenth of 1%, if that. And much of that tenth of 1% happened early on in the pandemic when the virus plucked the low-hanging fruit of the much older and much more infirm out there in society that we didn't know how to protect. That's where it's going to come from. So anyway, back to these vaccines. Me and the boys that are going to Scotland in June this coming year, 2021, rescheduled from last year, July of 2020, I'm already looking ahead nervously going, hmm, what are they going to say we have to have? And if I say I'm not getting a vaccine, are they going to make me quarantine? Do I have to take extra days off just to go over there? Will I put my foot in the ground and say, you know what, I'm not going, and fold up the trip? One of my my closest, my, my homeboys there, Scotty Shirey, uh, medical sales uh, star, uh, medical, medical device salesman to the stars. Dang, nailed it. He's already pretty much resigned himself To the fact that since he's in hospitals all the time, they're going to make him get a vaccine. He ain't wild about it, but he realizes this just, I just might have to roll the dice on it. I'd rather not if I don't have to, but international travel, possibly. Now that's Qantas, which is Australian based and Australia still has a delusional view of the virus in which we're an island, mate. We're on an island, mate. We're going to keep it all forever. Oh, you are, huh? How many years are you going to keep that up? As the kids like to say, keep that same energy there, Australia. All right, that is a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of ZabeCast Nation. Spread the word and also rate and review. It helps with the algorithmic overlords. If you like what you hear and want to support me at a exorbitant cost of $5 a month, which comes out to even less when you buy an annual subscription, makes a perfect holiday gift. Ding, ding. Then you get it for even less, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, Either go to the ZabeCast app on your app store or just go to Zabe.com. You'll see how to sign up there. If you're still flummoxed, uh, then I will let you know exactly how to sign up for premium. Thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. I say this week is officially done for productive work, and we will see you tomorrow. Man, 2020 has been a sports season unlike any other. That's why you need a sports book unlike any other. My bookie. Get some skin in the game where odds, boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await you all season long. These are the sizzle that go with the stake of having a reliable place to put a little bit of money down or maybe a lot of money down on your favorite sport. My bookie. Turkey Day is coming. There is no better time to feast on your NFL college football action. Whether you're a first-time customer or if you've been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in their thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and more. Sign up today for the first time or get reloaded. Find your edge and make some money. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local casino. The best part is my bookie never closes, and there's no smoke getting in your eyes. Make the right place, sign up today, and when you do, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, and get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put 200 bucks in, they'll match it with $100 of their own. So if you're planning to bet this coming fall, guess what? You're already ahead of the game. It's winning season at my bookie. so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it.